Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. This is your Goodwood Day 2 preview show coming at you before day one kicks off. And also we'll be covering a little bit of Galway too in this show. Um, let's dive straight into it. TC, I want weather, please. It's been raining. Everywhere I go, it's been raining. Is that the case at Goodwood? Yeah, it's um, it's good to soft, soft in places. We're recording this eight o'clock on Tuesday morning. So yeah, it's good to soft, soft in places. Uh, should be largely dry day on Tuesday, but then all hell breaks loose on all forecasts from Tuesday night into Wednesday. Uh, most sites are predicting 15 mil plus. So I'm working on the basis of soft stroke heavy for Wednesday's racing. Wow, lordy lord. And all, all sites agree on that Tuesday into all throughout Wednesday. All, all sites agree. It's a hell of a lot of rain falling in the Goodwood area. Uh, what a British summer we're having. Don't forget, before we go any further, the sportsbook offer. Bet five on horse racing multiples and get a free £5 bet on horse racing multiples across the all the days of Glorious Goodwood. But please don't forget to opt in and read the T's and C's and do it responsibly as well. Uh, let's kick straight off. Straight into Goodwood we go. Um, first race on the Wednesday is the one mile four furlong handicap. And Amleto is your three to one favorite currently with the sports book. I am going to come to Dan Barber looks ready for action this morning. Going to come to you first, Dan. That's it. Pumped. Love it. Here we go. All right. Oh, you want me to talk? Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Um, <laughs> now, what a, just uh, let's start okay. with Amleto. Let's start with Amleto. What a family this is. I looked into great family, it. strong family. On um, time form ratings, well, 11 have raced, um, plus her, plus him, sorry. And the 11 that have raced, there was one outlier that had a rating in the 60s with time form. The rest were 95 plus, including Sea of Class 129, Waterville, Love is Golden. I mean, that is a just a stellar and can just consistently high quality pedigree, isn't it? It's every every offspring is useful. And I think he is too, based on the vast improvement he showed. He had a, a couple of spins over a mile in the all weather when he was probably just learning his craft. And obviously Haggis knows the family very well as well through Sea of Class. And he came back, won a Chester maiden in decisive fashion, and it frankly couldn't have worked out much better. In fact, I don't know how up-to-date and current you like your form boosts, Vanessa, but only yesterday a horse called Paddy the Squire saw off a horse seeking a five-timer um, for for Holly Doyle. Aye. And at air, the pair clear of another three-year-old in what looked, for a small field, a strong piece of form. And it's not just him who's done it. The fourth, fifth and seventh have all been much improved since. And the seventh was stuffed and won a handicap of 75 next time. So in a very roundabout and wordy way, I'm coming through to the belief that a horse who's already got proven form in the mud, which is a massive plus because that was heavy at Chester, is on a mark which is underplaying his what he's achieved, but also what he's likely to achieve given that family. And I'm finding it very hard to get away from him. All right. Love it. I'm Leto off this opening handicap mark of 89. Do you think, uh, TC, that is going to look very low? At the end of this race, do you think he's going to be able to prove that that mark is very lenient? Yeah, I I wrote a column recently saying 
I'm not going to tip under four to one, but I'll make an exception for Amleto. Lordy, uh, here we go. He opened, up at, he opened up at fives with the sports book very briefly on Monday. Um, that was taken to fours. They're now threes. I think the SP is going to be something like two to one. Um, for all the reasons Dan said, um, it's just got you look at that field. I don't really fancy that many, and he's mm. just got unbelievable upside uh, off a mark of 89. Like, say, so the, the family, the pedigree, you know, the ground's not to be any issue. I mean, Chester called it soft, but Timeform called it heavy. So, you know, the rain is going to be no problem there. I think the step up to a mile four is definitely going to suit. Given, um, you know, given the likes of Waterlooville, Irish is our its winner. Um, he's just got everything going for him. Um, I've been backing him at fours. It's still some 72 around, but that'll go very, very quickly. So probably during this podcast, it's kind of like, it's just like so obvious it's untrue. And the only thing, the only thing that's probably going to stop him winning is trouble in running. And if you, if you rewind back, to this race last year when a certain Sulcum should have won <laughs> in all sorts of trouble, flashed home to finish fourth, oh. up two pounds for that, and then won the Melrose by four and a quarter lengths next time yes. to Australia. So I think Goodwood's handicap good things can get beat at Goodwood, and they do get beat regularly. But I think this goes off at twos and absolutely hoses it. Amleto, Go on, Kev. Come on, Kev. Make it the three-timer. Are you all aboard the Amleto train? No, I'm taking them on. Oh, <laughs> oh. For, for for a few reasons. Um, yeah, like wouldn't disagree with the general gist that like at the end of the season he might prove with hindsight to have been the best handicapped of these now. But I just think there's reasons to take him on. Um, like TC said, he's probably going to get shorter, and I just worry that lack of experience might catch him out here. Um, like he's he's clearly has been a sleepy horse. Um, like despite all the pedigree, all the connections, like he was going off double figure prices for his two runs last year. Um, he was well back to Chester, but like that, that like on that day, I know it's worked out well since, but like on that ground, like a whole heap of him just didn't get competitive. It just wasn't for them. He didn't learn loads. He was up there in the van the whole way and he went away, still still showing signs of rawness. Um I, I just I just worry. And where has he been? Where has he been? That was the 10th of May. Um, he's disappeared since something's gone wrong. Clearly, that wouldn't have been on purpose. And it's just look, it might all be all the concerns might be for nothing now, and he might come out and bolt up. But um, just with the conditions being the way they are, Goodwood being the way it is, um, I just want to go with one uh, with a bit more um, experience that's a bit more hardened, um, personally, um, on this particular day. And the very best luck to him in the long term. But I just think this might be a good day to take him on. And um, Westerton was the one I landed on, um, trained by Alan King, much more experience, um, has been progressing the way nicely over 10 furlongs and now having shaped as if like really ready for a step up to a mile and a half, um, gets the chance to do so here and um, has form on testing ground earlier in the season. Um, Ryan has ridden in the last twice, um, rode him in, well, I almost said he wrote him in contrasting styles. Um, he pretty much made all to win that um, to win that um, valuable maiden at Sandown and ended up kind of well off the pace in a much more competitive race at Newmarket last time. Um, I I suspect he looked to get more forward with him here um, over the longer trip for the first time. I wouldn't have any great doubts about his ability to stay um, out, out of a Montjuic mare. 
And I just think that the likes of him might have a good chance to beat what might prove, might well prove to be a very well handicapped horse in Amleto um, on this particular day. So Westerton will do for me. All right, Westerton at five to one to take on the handicapping good thing to kick off day two of the Goodwood Festival. Let's move on uh, to the Oak Tree Stakes, the Group Three over the seven furlongs, and seven furlongs is the key here because Kevin, I'm going to come straight to you because Jumbly is co-favourites at the moment with Fast Response. Jumbly in here for Joseph O'Brien, nine to two with Fast Response at the top of the betting as things stand, and of course she's stepping down in trip, having run such a good race in the Duke of Cambridgeshire at Royal Ascot when we last saw her. But obviously, um, team thinking that the drop in trip is what she needs now, despite the fact she's been a miler through and through, really. Yeah, no, it's it's been a view there for a while. Like I, I remember Ryan jumped off him at the car and, and was extolling her pace. You know, like she'll she'll hopefully get away. You know, his view was she'll hopefully get away with the mile at Ascot, but like she's quick. She, and you you watch her go through her races, like she she takes a she takes quite a strong hold and like she it both her starts this season, like you'll see she makes big moves to, to get into the race. Um, and and she looked like and I know it's people will kind of look at you funny when you say she shaped like a non-stayer and ask it last time, but she did really like she she looked the winner to me coming into the final furlong and she's just and um, that final hundred yards has just caught her out. Um, so coming back to seven, seeing the natural step, um, like look the market for this race would be very interesting. Um, if all the weather forecasters are wrong and the rain doesn't come. Um, because fast response, uh, I suspect, holds her position in the market right now on the assumption of rain, um, because she seems to me very ground dependent. Um, all of her best form is on testing ground. And look, she's one thing Claxon. Yeah, I, well, I won't, I won't even do it, but they, they don't even run her on good ground <laughs> most of the time they pull her out. Um, so, like, like you have to respect fast response, but I do, I am really looking forward to seeing John Lee back at seven. And in fairness to her, like, she has won um, a stakes race on soft ground. I'm going back a little bit. Look, if you gave me the choice, would I take good ground over soft? Absolutely. Um, but we know that she does, um, it, you, know, you know, I think the extra emphasis that the, the likely prevailing ground will put on stamina at the trip will be no harm. Um, she's drawn out a little bit, but I'm not too worried about that either. Um, and yeah, look, looking forward to seeing her. She, she's my pick. Um, look, I know Ryan is really keen on her, and I'm sure he'll be excited to, to see her, to, to ride her back at Seven Furlongs as well. So I think this track will suit her as well. Um, so yeah, Jumbly for me. Jumbly at nine to two for Kev. Um, TC, I'll come to you next. Yeah. Uh, any. Can, are you going to laugh at me if I put Matilda Picotta up in this? I just think it's like Goldilocks trip, three-year-old in here against some older horses. She's talented. You're tutting your head. You, I knew. I'm not. Was... I'm not. I'm agreeing with you. Oh yes. Yes. Uh, you could be reading my notes. I mean, um, the, the only problem is I have never seen a less appealing betting race on any ITV card this year. Wow. It, what? It's Sixteen runners, fillies and mares, Group Three. There's. <laughs> Uh, I think there's five pound between six of them. There's if you branch it out a bit, there's a there's only nine pound between eleven of them. Um, Sixteen runners round Goodwood, 
over seven furlongs. It's just like bumper car city, isn't it? So, but <laughs> I, uh, that, that, that's, that's recency bias, Calvin. I, I remember the, the, the show, the Wood Ditton or something on ITV this year, Unraced <laughs> Maidens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. And yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I'll take that back. It's the third of, and they probably showed the Brock as well, didn't they? So it's the third most uh, appealing. Uh, no, I, I agree with you, Milda. If I was a camera bet in the race, uh, Sportsbook could give you an extra place. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously she was drawn out of it um, um, on fast ground in the Sandy Lane last time when drawn one, when you had to be down the near side. Uh, you go back to her third in the Guineas. You go back to her, even her second to never-ending story over seven furlongs at the heavy at Leopardstown. Um, yeah, I, I if I was going to have a bet in the race, and I probably won't for the reasons I've just outlined, I think Matilda Picot was um was very likely actually. I think he's um I think he I think she's part owned by one of Barry's mates, Trevdak. So uh he's always good for an interview on ITV um afterwards. So yeah, hopefully Matilda Pagot wins, but I probably won't be having a bit in the race. Okay, thank you, TC. She's currently 15 to 2 and as outlined, she was just the horse I landed on away from the obvious ones, Dan, in terms of a bit of value in this race. But TC's already flagged up. What a tricky race it is. So where did you land, Dan? Uh, just solidity reasons, and I'd, again, I'd, I'm not sure I'd back her. Actually, I'd probably want six is about fast response, and I might, if they went an extra place, consider backing her each way. Um, but I don't think that sixes will materialise because, as Kevin said, I mean, Kev says it, we're not sure whether it will land. I'm, I've, I've pinned my colours to the mast that it's definitely going to land, and I'm doing everything on the proviso that they'll be swimming through the latter furlongs. But form figures, uh, I teased it early, you know, just to get the crowd excited like a good showman. <laughs> um, this is fast response on soft or heavy ground. Vanessa's excited there. One oh, nine one one seven one two two. I mean, there's a, nine, there's a nine and a seven in there, but there are plenty of ones and twos. And the latest one was a fast finishing second at Chester. And stole you one. your lesson about the form figures. I have, yeah. Well played. You should need some guidelines as to how many duck eggs are allowed to be in there before you scrap it. But yeah, but look, also- I have to say, Dan, just in terms of constructive constructive feedback, I think like if you want to deliver to people what they want, you need to deliver with a bit more a bit more gravitas, a bit more some more pauses in between the numbers. You know, I think it was yeah. good, but it was just it was very fast there, Dan. I, I I felt like it was over before I knew what was going on. Like, yeah, so- the word you're looking for, Kev, is panache. I'm trying to gloss yes. over the nine and seven. So <laughs> pretend they don't exist. Pretend those nine and seven never happened. One, 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 two, two. Better. Um, and if you remember 12 months ago, we were all celebrating a Nick Bradley horse in this race, weren't we? His Oscula fought away to the front late on. Stole one, could be a disaster, but equally it could be very positive if they ride him a bit more, ride her a bit more prominently. So probably won't be betting, but. Those farm figures, eh? I love it. Well, I would say that, but you Picot as well. And the 16 of 16 looks bad, but if it's really heavy ground, it could be a plus. So that's okay. be another pointer to Matilda. Um, TC, I'm going to stick with you for the Malcolm, which we move on to next over the five furlongs. Mm. Uh, the group three for the two year olds, and Killian is at the top of the market, seven to four for Carl Burke, looking to uh, continue Carl Burke's excellent time, but with his two year olds. And Big Evs is in there at nine to four, second best, having sprung that surprise in the Windsor Castle when we last saw him returned at 20 to one that day. 
Killian did it so well at Sandown TC and so many people were impressed with him, the way in which he had to do it. But Big Ev's the big surprise at Royal Ascot. Are we expecting him to back that up? I don't think there's a big price that Killian's an on-runner. Um, now, Might not be the only one here. Yeah, it? exactly. I mean, like I said, don't be backing each way at this rate, at this stage, because you've got the dead eight in here. And I'll take, I'll take odds on there's going to be at least one runner. And that might be Killian because... Pulled out on debut on soft ground. And it's really interesting. Obviously, he's wildly impressive when beating Hackman last time at, at Sandown. I mean, Ryan was massively taken by it. Um, and But the problem is, time, um, the ground was officially good to firm when she got uh, when uh, got chinned at, um, at Carlisle. But interestingly, Timeform called it good to soft. So when you take it all into the mix... It seems I know she's uh, he's progressed since, but you know that that doesn't scream to me like a horse that wants cut in the ground. And obviously, Big Ebb is, is um, all these all these two wins uh, have come on good to firm ground, and he's he's the form horse on the Windsor Castle win. Uh, but how effective is he going to be um, uh, on much much softer ground? The only one proven in the race is the one that got actually humped by Pillion um, last time, uh, Hackman. He's the only soft ground winner in there. And for that reason, I did back him at 28s and 25s when only yesterday. But it's a really tricky race, isn't it? I mean, like I said, I think, he, I think we're going to get some uh, plenty of noms in here. And, you know, I mean, you, you've got to remember as well, Barnwell Boy was went off 5-1 to one for, the, uh, for, uh, for the Windsor Castle. And he might be a, a big price as well. I mean, course winner, et cetera. But... It's a big guessing game about the ground for the sole reason that he's won on soft ground and maybe the first time tongue tie will help as well. Um, I've chucked a few quid win only on Gene Hackman. Hackman, okay. Um, Kev, we better come to you next because we know Dan doesn't like any sort of two-year-old I'm race, still so. railing from Calvin referring to Hackman getting humped at his age. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that one. He's one of my favourite He's one of that my favourite was... actors. Yeah. Left field. Your birthday um, treat is age. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You're uh, still alive at ninety-seven. You take what you can get, Daniel. Bring it back. <laughs> no, bring it back to the two-year-olds, Kev, please. Yeah, sure. Robert De Niro and Al Pacino have been in the news lately, haven't they? Yeah, father and children are eighty. Fair, fair, Benjamin. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, really tough. This, um, I'm not sure very few of these have, have seen this type of ground at all. At all, um, Killian visually really, really good last time, like really good, but there was an element of a pace collapse there. And, um, his connections have commented. And look, in fairness, his form backs it up that he has been a bit of a slow learner, like he was sent off short on debut, and like. It, it's only been happening gradually, but then he took a big step forward last time. And I don't know, I just think this will be a very different race to what he experienced at Sandown. And I wouldn't like to be taking a short price. Look, on better ground, I'd probably have big Eves to beat him. Um, I was impressed with him at Ascot, but I'm just, uh, I really don't know um, what he's going to think of this ground, uh, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to take a, a bit of a swinger because I think it's that that type of a race um, where it's, it's, I know, look, each way betting is probably going to get. Muller, um, in the fullness of time, but but Purasange, if that's the way to pronounce it, um, Andrew Balding, we, we talked about him. I know I certainly talked about him prior to the July stakes, um, where he was he was very disappointing. But that run, the debut at Haydock was really good, very strong on the clock, very impressive. Um, coming back to five, I think will be fine. 
And look, it's a bit of a punt on the ground. Um, his daddy, Acclaim, um, loves soft ground. Um, his damn one on goods are soft. His action wouldn't rule out the possibility that he might be okay on it. Um, look, it's punty, but that's the nature of this race. Like they're, they're pretty much all going into unknown territory on the ground. And um, with him, at least you can look a fat in the eye and say the price is probably fair enough. Um, so per sangue for me to belatedly build on that debut promise in these more testing conditions. Yeah, currently nine to one with Betfair on the sports book. Um, Dan, all joking aside, did you have a strong view in this two-year-old race? I think I, I think conditions sort of remove the chance of a strong view, but I was I was with Kev actually. Just a belief that Killian just didn't win like a soft ground horse, did he? That was an amazing burst of pace to get to the front and then go clear. And if Big Evs has got the pace to spread eagle a massive field of two-year-olds at Royal Ascot on quick ground. I'd say there might be a concern about him translating it. And the page I've got open on my uh, form book database, as we speak, is the dam of Puro Sang, trying to find some encouragement that she'll mm. go in the mud. Um, that he'll go in the mud, sorry. And yeah, there, according to the time from there were a couple of soft ground wins earlier in her career. The dam, she hasn't produced anything of note prior to this. But that was notable, I think, in hindsight, wasn't it? The, the strength behind her in the market, behind him in the market, we weren't sold on it. But he held his own for a long way. If anything was a bit too keen and raw, I think, I think we might see a better performance from him. You are taking a risk on the ground, but maybe the price um, compensates for that. All right. A couple of votes for Balding's runner then. Let's move on to the big one of the day. It's the Qatar Sussex Stakes. It's the one mile group one. Probably not a vintage renewal, I think it's fair to say, but we get to see the clash between Paddington, obviously your Eclipse winner, dropping back down to the mile, who's now four to nine with Sportsbook as we speak right now at the top of the market for Aidan O'Brien and is taking on the filly in and spiral for John and Thady Gosden, who's now 100 to 30 second best in the market with Aldari next best at nines. Obviously in spiral last seen being beaten by triple time in the Queen Anne stakes that day. Um, TC, I'm going to come to you first here. How are we playing this race? Um, working on the basis of soft, heavy ground. Um, mm -hmm. Paddington's going to win, isn't it? Um, Ryan, Rudy's betting dot bet fair column. He, they obviously absolutely loves this horse. Um, he reckons there's more in the locker. Um, obviously, the ground is a leveller, but the, uh, the horse has one on soft and heavy ground this season. So he's pretty bomb-proof. The only one you could put up from a form perspective against him is in spiral. That's unproven on anything worse than good to soft, but the good to soft is probably some of her best form. And interestingly, uh, hadn't looked like Dan had a look at the, the pedigrees for any ins inspiration. Um, in spirals, Dan's best run came in second on soft ground in the coronation stake. So maybe bad ground won't be against in spiral, but... The way that John Gosson operates on ground, as we saw with Stradivarius Ray's career, who, who handled mud incredibly well. I just wonder whether he might pull in spiral if he gets really, really bad. So oh, no. um, the the int I mean, the fascinating aspect of this race is, is how bad bookmakers priced up the anti-post stage because it was always going to cut up. I mean, this has been forecast for ages and, you know, they, they they're just pricing up non-runners. I mean, Modern Games was always going to come out. Lost on came out last week. And obviously some people are sitting on very big prices about Aldari and Factor Chevalier's way, one, two, three. Uh, I think 
the, the sportsbook haven't got the without prices up yet, but the one firm who has gone up um, has, has is dangling nine to two Aldari. That would probably be the way I'd play without the favourite. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, she was he was absolutely smashed a smithereen. Do you remember when I said if the rain came, she won't be he won't be nine to two um, when we, we did racing only better. And he actually went off 11 to 10, but it was a strange old race. Um, I think he's better than that. We know he's a mud lover. He's a real weapon when it's when it's kind of like really testing. So, yeah, I think Aldari, if you can actually, I'd say if you can get a 72 upwards about Aldari in the without market when the sportsbook go up, I think that's probably the way to play it if the rain lands and but the sports would be up later this afternoon, I would imagine, on that race. And um, you can just keep a keep a weather weather watch and uh, just pounce in when the, the market goes up and the rain arrives. Yeah, Eldari probably without, I'll be looking at seven to two plus. All right, TC's dug out a way to play the race um, in a less obvious fashion. But Dan Barber, is it in terms of looking at the race as a whole, are you as clear as TC that Paddington just wins this? Yeah, it's less obvious. If I'm coming up with it as well, then it, <laughs> it can't be that left field. That was the first, that was what I thought as well. Another thing I like about, the, you've got this doubt there'd be a big R4 because of in spiral getting taken out. You end up with, I don't know what price would you get, but I'd be quite happy with threes plus even, 11 to four plus, because I think he's got the perfect running style for that sort of bet as well, because they'll hold on to him. Who's this, Aldari? Yeah, Aldari. Yeah. I think Ascot was a bizarre race, as Tony said. Two of them went, I don't know, just a bonkers pace. Absolutely no chance of sustaining it. He had one of the first moves into them after Costello, I think, had swept around the outside on something. And then, as we saw so much at the Royal Meeting, it was the one that just came wide and last who who picked them off, Master of the Seas. So I thought it was better than that. I think there's been encouragement from both his runs back. And I don't think I'll have anything to do with trying to beat Paddington. In spiral probably will because she's obliged to because she's the main danger on form and the idea it being don't always work out Aldari will just plod past them especially if Chindit's done something to try and ensure a good gallop. Yeah, I should have mentioned that, actually. Yeah, I thought I thought Chindit might be the one to go forward, but Paddington can make his own running, can't it? So oh, can do anything Aldari that boy. Aldari yeah. to plod past them. We're talking not plodding. Like, I mean, I'll be, I'm, a, I'm about, at Perth this. I'm at Perth this evening. If you yeah. want to see plodding. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I hope he's not. And, that, and that's just a plunk. Uh, that's just a punditry. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> my. That's my car. <laughs> Go on, Kev. So we've got two votes for Aldari without the favourite. How are you playing it? And talk to us about Paddington and his ability in this race in the mud. Yeah, a bit of a disappointing lineup, isn't it? A million it pound is. race. Um, I don't think prize money makes a giant difference at this level, to be honest. But, uh, yes, right, run of the race. Um, I think Chindit's going to make the run and he's going to make it to suit himself. Paddington's going to sit outside him. Um, you know, there was never any thought of running the pacemaker here. I think he's he's proven himself very versatile that way. And he'd be quite right, he'd be quite happy sitting, um, too wide, no cover. On the on on the the quarters of the leader, I suspect. And look, he's probably going to go and win. Um, in spiral, really talented. Don't trust her. Um, think she might be best fresh. Um, I I think she would have should have won the Queen Anne last time. Um, slow start, 
put her out of position, did a lot of running to get there to challenge and just paid for a close home. And her connections would have been headbutting the wall when they saw saw six of six. Um, doesn't get talked about a lot, but but you, if you're on a slow starter, you really don't want to be drawn widest with, with fresh air outside you. Um, would anticipate her missing the kick um, potentially quite badly, um, which will put her out of position again in what's probably going to be a race run at a at a below average pace. So I'd be worried for her. And um, as the lads have both um, alluded to, um, the without market is probably the most attractive one here. And if you have one like in Spiral, um, that I'm quite happy to take on at the likely prices. Um, I didn't land on Aldari, a horse I like a lot, um, have been disappointed with him this season. Um, so I'm siding with the French Raider, uh, Factor Cheval. Oh. Um, um, he, he's a horse I like. He, you look, I know you look at him, you look at his form, and you say, oh, he's been found out a little bit. Um, but uh, in fairness to the French, um, having endured like a, a pretty um, fallow few years, um, like they've been having a better season this time around on the domestic front. They're holding their own a bit better. I think the the, the current crop is is a little bit stronger. And this fella, in fairness to him, has been in amongst them. Um, he was banging the finish there after the pre-Dispahan, involving a few horses we know. And look, as much as anything, um, he'll handle the ground. Um, I think he'll be following Paddington. Um, the way I, the way I kind of imagine this race panning out in my brain. Um, Paddington has drawn four and is going to go forward. Um, Factor is drawn five. And I think, look, if I'm Maxine Guion, I'm just following Paddington. Um, and I think that'll end up being a good position. Um, I'm pretty certain the ground won't be any issue. Um, you know, strong stare at the trip. And I, I could see him finishing second. Um, so um, at the at the likely prices, um, I think he'll um he'll be an attractive proposition in my mind anyway. The, the two firms up make him an 11 to 2 chance. I can definitely see that. If you take Inspire out of the equation, Aldari and Factor Cheval. The interesting thing here is if all six stand their ground, the Betfair without market on the sports book will be five runners. Ooh. So you can Ooh. get each way. So you can actually bet each way one, two, Aldari and Factor Cheval, price permitting. So I think he's yes. got, a, without market, it's got a brilliant shape if all six stand their ground. Yeah, just put it. on your just put on your fanciest balaclava and be yeah. polite. <laughs> be, be polite to whoever's taking the bet off you. That's a balaclava <laughs> with no eye holes. That one on my Proper the full gear. Um, right, let's just quickly fly over to Galway for the Galway plate, guys. Before we wrap up the show, that is the ITV races at Goodwood done, but we cannot leave without touching upon the Galway plate. Um, Kev, I better come to you first here. <laughs> It's just the hardest race of all time, isn't it? Kill, you've got Kilgrut in there, Ennis Kerry, um, Final Orders, Hewick, of course, Hollow Games and Easy Game, the one for the games. Go on, Kev. I don't, yeah, I don't I hope, know, like, where do you even get stuck into in this? Yeah, just back Willie Mullins. No, look, Hewick, hopefully, he's going to hold the weights. Um, it's going to hold the weights up for a good few of these. And um, the one I like is, is Final Orders, Gavin Cromwell. Um, look, not a bullish shout at all at all, but this horse was some transformation case. Like, he's a gas horse. Like, he's, he's you know, he's flat bred, camel out of a pivotal mare. Um, had, you know, plenty of racing on the flat. Um, and but you know, went went to Garvin Donnelly and then Garvin kind of amalgamated with Gavin Cromwell to an extent. And like, the, the, this horse has just taken off. Um, and then he's gone over fences and he and he's really taken off. 
you know, a horse that was rated like 100 over hurdles as all of a sudden 150 rated chaser. And um, what makes him interesting in my mind for this race is that, like, if you look back to his, certainly his hurdles form and his early chasing career, like, like he stays three miles. Um, he, stay, he definitely stays three miles, but um, the bulk of his higher end improvement came back at shorter like he won a couple of big handicap chases. Um, he won at the Dublin Racing Festival over um, two mile one. Like he ran uh, very well in the Grand Annual um, when things just didn't go right for him. Like he's a horse that likes to go forward and, and he got back at Cheltenham and, you know, was never near at the finish and fell over the big fences at Aintree. That's fine. Um, and look, this has been the plan. They prepped him on the flat at Bellastown, beautiful Bellastown last time. And uh, be capitalised on, on a very low mark on the flat. And I just think that getting up to this sort of trip, that there might be scope for even more improvement. Um, look, he, he needs to find that he's rated 150, but Hewitt's presence um, gives him, you know, a nice racing weight of, of, 10, of 10 stone 8. And um, yeah, I thought final orders uh, was the one, but um, this is fiercely difficult. Um, I like one that's going to be up at the pace and final orders should be that. So, yeah, hopefully he hangs in there and runs well. All right, a vote for final orders at 7-1 to one currently with the Betfair Sportsbook. TC, surely this is a race that you're going to have a really strong view in and it's going to be around about a 33-1 to one shot. No, no. A uh, bit oh. of housekeeping. Um, six, six that like to make the running here, so that'd be fiercely run. Uh, Sportsbook playing five places. And the main website I use has got another... 11 mil coming at Galway today, uh, i.e. Tuesday. So as Barry Wright uh, on Sunday, when rain lands in Galway, it lands. Uh, so the, it's only the heavy prospect of heavy ground that's put me off Enniskerry, because has got form on, on heavy, but all best all the best runs have been on good, but it just looks a real tee-up job for this. One over a mile seven at Leopardstown uh, on the flat in June. Um, Got Galway form, won there last year, second the year before, unexposed, unexposed at the trip, but the ground, the ground worries me. I think the goffer is probably a more solid proposition if he jumps. Um, at this stage, I'd probably rather back the goffer 12s each way rather than Enniskerry when only eights because of the, the ground situation. But haven't had a bet at the moment, uh, probably will do, but I'll see what happens with the weather. All right, yeah, it, it, inter interestingly enough, they at yesterday, like the jockeys coming in, like like a couple of them are calling it like more like yielding ground, which is a surprise given all the rain that arrived. Um, like look, it'll be absolutely bottomless now by flat standards, but I, I'm hoping it won't be horrendous um for the national hunt horses. What do um, I need that, to pack for Friday? God. You got me on Friday, are you? Yeah. No, they've let you out of the country. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of people stopping for pictures with you. I don't think yeah. so. An English leprechaun coming over. I'll be hidden in the crowd, won't I? <laughs> are you working? Are you, are you working, Dan? Um, yeah, I'm heading the RTE coverage. No, that's a joke. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, my brother's pal's 50th and somebody dropped out, so I've... <laughs> I've stepped in. I'm a reserve. Oh, there, there, there you have it. Racing only better. Listeners and viewers, that's your job. If you're at 
Friday is the biggest day of the week in terms of attendance these days. Dan Barber, he's not no. used to it, lads. The people are very shy in England and they don't like going up asking people for selfies. But us Irish people, we're not shy at all. If you see Dan Barber, go over, put your arm around him, get a selfie with him, send it in to us. We'll put together a compilation of the best Dan Barber selfies. No, That'd be that, great. We'll love some of those. That. Could look, be very calendar. bad. We could make a calendar. <laughs> Print off a little calendar with just a dicky um, bow on. Yeah, go on. Ooh. What? Uh, at least send. Oh, hey, us- microphone, Vanessa. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I haven't moved. Um, Dan, come on, give us the winner of the Galway Plate at least on the Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, Tony mentioned the loads of pace in this, but uh, it never seems to collapse, does it? I think the last uh-huh. horse who won who was officially in the held-up category, was Carlingford Lock 10 years ago, and he turned out to be a grade one winner. (laughs) It is an unbelievable race. So I thought, uh, two angles, yeah, the goffer's jumping needs to hold up, but the run in the ultimate is outstanding handicap form, isn't it? Fast or slow second, Corrat Rambler winning the race. Um, You won't get a bigger form boost than those two gave. But I like Rhythm Horse, lifetime ambition to ping his way around. Perfect track, fences coming thick and fast before the straight and him being in the right position. So they were my two darts. And finally, if you see me at Galway, please don't come over. Just Do, do, do. <laughs> He's a lovely fella, lads. He's just as lovely as he seems. He definitely won't turn you yeah. down. Get, get a Dan Barber selfie, which we might call a Barbie. <laughs> oh, well played God, Kevin, you've woken up the spring in your step. Uh, guys, I need your naps. And also... Before, well, actually, no. Do you know what? I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. Uh, TC, can I have your nap, please? Yeah, I, I'm napping this 72-year-old in the Magnolia Cup. At one <laughs> oh, what a story. What, why aren't you in that? That's the biggest mystery. No no surprise, Amleco. I generally do think he's a bet at two to one plus. Currently free. I'm, I'm not posh enough for the Magnolia Cup. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. They've got an office cleaner in there this year. Hashtag diversity. Kevin Blake, what's I, your I think, <laughs> I think they might have been stung by the by the by the by the, the old Mickey taken about some of the names that used to take part in the Magnolia Cup. <laughs> what, like Clementine times eight. Go on, Kevin. Yes, your yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take on TC Fodder, crack, but but also because um I, I, I do fancy the horse Sam Westerton um in the in the first at Goodwood for me. God, everyone going at it at the in the first. What about you, Dan? Uh, <laughs> oh Dan, come with um, me. I am. I'm with, I'm with come TC. with me. Oh, come on. Me and, Ke- me and TC are going to double team Kevin the first. <laughs> Two one. Why does it always go down on this road? I, no, I, I, just, I just meant me and Kev- me and uh, Tony are two, and um, Kevin's one against his. I'm Amleto. Okay. Amleto it is right what fun this was um I was gonna finish off by saying something inappropriate but I'm not instead I'm just gonna finish off by telling you not to forget the bet five get five sportsbook multiple offer but do opt in and read the t's and c's uh, have a good day on the punting front enjoy day two of Goodwood uh, but do it all responsibly responsibly please and join us again tomorrow where we'll be kicking on with our Goodwood action why are you looking like that, Kev? I feel like you're about Come. to just... <laughs> Come on, Barbara. Let's go party. Do, 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 yeah. I knew he had something to go out with. I knew he had. He was just chomping at the bit there. Uh, right. Goodbye, everyone. Join us again tomorrow.